Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Let's turn our attention to the scriptures. Um, In the scriptures, there is life and there is hope and there is joy. Um, The longest song in the Bible is 176 verses long, 176 verses for, that's a lot. We just did songs that had like three verses uh, this morning, 176 verses. And that entire song is all about how wonderful and beautiful and perfect and right the word of the Lord is. The whole thing is just how much we ought to love the Lord. And it's fitting to love the, the word of God. It's fitting to love the scriptures, to love the Bible, and to just dive as deep as we possibly can into it so that we can discover more about God. Because really, guys, eternal life is just knowing God, right? That's what eternal life is. Today, we are in Luke 19, and we're going to see one of the most incredible moments in human history. So cool. Uh, if you want to turn to Luke 19, we're going to be starting in, chap- uh, in verse 28. Um, and leading up to this point, as far as we can tell, for 400 years, um, there are no prophets speaking to the nations, and there's uh, no salvation for the people of God. The cry from the people is Maranatha, which means come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Um, come, Emmanuel. Come, Messiah. Um, And now, in Luke 19, that king approaches the city, riding on a donkey. Um, Ten chapters earlier, before Luke 19, um, it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Ten chapters before he actually gets to Jerusalem. Um, What is it that took him so long (laughs) to get to Jerusalem? Um, It's a really slow, deliberate motion. Why did he take so long? Well, number one, he's Jesus. He can do what he wants to do, right? He can take all the time. You know, it's like the Lord of the Rings. Like a wizard is never never late. He arrives right when he intends to, right? (laughs) Like that's, (laughs) Jesus can come when he wants to. But I think like there's there's a reason behind it. Um, I think the reason is because it's, it's meaningful and it's, and a slow pace means we can pay attention to the meaning of it and it can actually sink in. And there's less chance that we'll miss some of the meaning that is behind his entry into Jerusalem. Um, we've been to weddings where there's a processional down the aisle, right? The bride and the groom and all the groomsmen and the grandparents and everything, they don't just like run up. They don't even just like, they don't even walk normally, right? To get up. It's very slow. It's like this pace, right? Or maybe you do the, the step together. It doubles the time. Step together, right? Um, it's slow. And why is it? Because it's a moment of joy and celebration and anticipation that we just want to sit in. We just want to stay and wait in. So Jesus isn't rushing into Jerusalem. Jesus isn't rushing to the cross. He isn't rushing. You know, he didn't die on the cross and then pop out of the grave right away, right? 
this is slow and deliberate, and I think it's, it's on purpose. Um, so as we read through the story today, let's take the Lord up on that invitation to just be slow, right? If you've ever been to church on a Palm Sunday before, you've read this passage, right? <laughs> like you've read this passage, and it's easy just to go, okay, yep, mm-hmm, got it, got it, got it, got it, let's go, right? Slow down, hold your horses. Let's prayerfully consider how the Lord would have us respond to his word. All right, can we stand together as we read the word of the Lord this morning? We're going to read the chapter. Luke 19. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Lord Jesus, help us to understand what we're supposed to understand today. God, let it become more than just head knowledge, God, but let it become something that goes deep into our hearts, God, that affects our thoughts and affects our actions, Lord. We love you. Amen. You can be seated. Okay. After Jesus had said this, okay, a little context here. What did he say? Um, Jesus had just finished telling the parable of the minas, very similar to the parable of talents. Um, But in this story, it's a king that goes to establish control over a city. And he leaves his servants with certain responsibilities. And he goes, and then he comes back, and then he rewards those servants based on how they did with their responsibilities. And it ends in a very strange way. He he then condemns the people of the city um, that he had just gone to for not accepting him as king, um, and he pronounces destruction upon them. Um, and I don't think that this particular story is an unrelated story, but we're going to we'll get to that later on. But just kind of hold that in your mind. Um, but that's really what Christianity is. It's a king and a kingdom, right? It's citizens of that kingdom and servants who are given responsibility and are in a relationship with that king as part of the kingdom, right? The king's domain in this case is the entire planet. Um, But also, uh, Jesus tells a lot of stories about 
about weddings. That processional thing was not just an isolated metaphor here. Um, Jesus tells, like, about a third of Jesus' parables have something to do with either a wedding or a kingdom. Like, it's one or the other. There's either a king or there's a bride or a groom. Um, and, uh, uh, and we're going to see both of these things play out in this story today. The king's domain is the entire planet, um, and the prince of peace's bride is us as the church. He went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you'll find a colt with a donkey tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. And those who were sent ahead went and found it just like he told them. And went at, and as they were untying the colt, the owners came up and asked, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. I, I love it that this is just one example of Jesus' promises. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the right things to say at the right moment, right? Here's a great example. of Jesus knows what's going to happen, he'll take care of you. Um, but this right here, this story is Jesus using his lordship, his authority as king, as prince of peace, to commandeer a man's donkey. And he, the man gives Jesus the donkey. Why? Because he's the Lord, right? Because it's the Lord that needs it. Um, Jesus is described in many different ways in Scripture. He's described as the door and the gate and the shepherd and the bread and, and uh, uh, many different things. And there's a temptation to pick one of those things um, that we like best and kind of push all the rest of them to the side. Um, for many people, J- Jesus is simply a, a good teacher or he's a friend, right? But he's not, he's not Lord, right? But he is Lord. He is the Lord, right? And this scripture is inviting us to make him Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's Christianity. That is what we believe. If you were to boil down our doctrine to the smallest possible sentence. <laughs> it's Jesus is Lord, right? We believe like his, his words are true, his ways are right, his commands should be obeyed, right? Jesus is Lord. If you start there and use that as the premise for everything else, you'll, you'll end up with great doctrine, great theology, right? Just start with Jesus is Lord. Uh, the Roman imperial cult at the time said, Caesar is Lord, right? The ruler is the king, is God. Um, and Jesus is saying, no, no, I'm Lord. I'm Lord over everything. And I'm asking for this donkey. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> he says, tell them the Lord has need of it. This is how we got to view everything that we own, Right? This is how we have to view everything that we own. It is the Lord's. And ultimately, it needs to be used for the Lord's purposes. If the Lord has need of something you have, it is good and right and fitting to be open-handed. You want my money, Lord? You can have it. You want my car, Lord? You can have it. You, know, you want my time? I need, to be, I need to go talk to those young people? You can have it right? I need to buy a plane ticket and 
go to another country and share the gospel? It's yours, Lord, right? That's what our pastoral team's doing right now. <laughs> Just say yes. Say yes to the Lord. All right. So Jesus is passing two small towns, Bethphage and Beth, Bethany, um, on this hill called Mount of, the Mount of Olives. And there's this Kidron Valley. And then you see Jerusalem, this city on a hill made out of rock. Like you could see it. And Jesus like sees it in this story. Um, it's this prince that's approaching his own palace, his own city. Um, and how does he choose to come into the city? He chooses, he gets to choose his own transportation, right? He could have gone however he wants. He's the Lord, right? And he chooses a donkey. And this is a, it's a slow choice. It's an intentional choice. It's a humble choice ordinary. This is what his mother Mary rode on, right? Going to Bethlehem on a donkey, right? Um, this is not what anyone would expect. This is like the president of the United States showing up to his inauguration in a 2008 Honda Odyssey minivan, you know? <laughs> Nothing wrong with those minivans. I've got one. It's amazing. Best car, my favorite car I've ever owned. But a strange choice for a king, right? Super weird. Um, we expect, you know, banners and armies and flags, right? What we expect, right? And this is the king. And is, why did Jesus choose the donkey? Is it just to show us a picture of humility, to show us who he is as a humble person? Absolutely. Yes, I believe it is that, but I think there's something even cooler. So the people of God are collectively the bride, and the bride has been told there's this king coming. He's on his way. He looks like this. He looks like this. This is what you should keep an eye out for so that you know the bride, or what, sorry, when you know the groom when he comes, right? The bride is waiting for the groom to show up, and they're asking. Is this him? Is this the one? Is this the Messiah? Is this the Lord? And Jesus says in this passage, I am the Lord. The Lord has need of the donkey. I am the Lord. But he also shows them that he is the Lord with the donkey. 500 years earlier, the prophet Zechariah wrote this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you righteous and having salvation is he humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey what <laughs> this is 500 years old this is something that they have not only like read this is something they repeat to themselves Father passes down to son, grandfather, grandmother. Everybody's talking about this. There will be a Messiah. This is one of the last things that the prophet told us. This is one of the last things that the Holy Spirit spoke. Look for the guy that comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. And not only that, it's, he's the one that's righteous. He's the one that's got salvation. He's the one that's humble right? Isn't that the most perfect picture of Jesus? Ugh. 
All right, continuing on in Luke 19, they brought it to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. So Jesus is riding a donkey. There's no, there's no saddle for the donkey. People are like, oh, wait, the disciples take off their cloaks and put it on the donkey. And everybody surround the whole crowd. They take off their cloaks and spread them on the ground. And something I don't want to miss here, um, in their day, their coat closets looked a little different than our coat closets. You know, we have the Amazon and the fast fashion and the, you know, we've got lots of coats and jackets and cardigans and, you know, many options. One coat. Almost everybody. One coat in that culture. And it was a big coat. Protected you. If you went to visit a friend, chances are you're using that coat as your blanket. Right? Like that is, like it's that, their coat. This is much more similar to like our, our iPhones. Like our phones. Right? Right? Most people don't have like six of these. Right? Um, this is much more like everyone was putting their phones on the ground for the, to make way for Jesus. Like, it's just as, just as weird, you know, <laughs> coats on the ground, phones, on, like, at least it kind of gives us a, a better picture of what that might have felt like, looked like. And the people are generous. Why are they generous? It's not because Jesus is cold, right? It's not just he has to keep warm. The only reason people are putting their coats on the ground is to exalt Jesus, right? Just to praise him, just to give him glory, just to say, hey, guys, this is the king. This is the Messiah. I don't want anybody to miss it. We're going to make sure that everybody from the Mount of Olives all the way straight to the temple can see that the king is on his way, right? And if he already passed you by, just follow the coats, you know? What is it that we value? What is our treasure that we could give to the Lord just for the sake of exalting him? What is something that we could give to the Lord just to give him praise, just to exalt him? Right? Our phones, right? But like our diplomas, the things we collect our car keys, our wallets, right? Are those things that we, we could throw on the ground just in a, in a gesture of worship and honor to him? He's worth it. He's worthy of it. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd began to joyfully praise God in loud voices. <laughs> for all the miracles that they had seen. All right, and here they quote from Psalms 118. This is a quote. The crowd is quoting scripture, psalms that are meant to be sung to, the, to God, right? The psalms are the songbook of the Bible, and they're singing psalms to the Lord. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. 
This is the sound of a joyful people who recognize Jesus as the Messiah, right? This is a right response. This is, they nailed it, <laughs> right? Jesus is here and he's here to conquer the enemies of sin and death and hell. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Peace comes after victory over the enemy, right? There's no peace possible while the enemy still has power, when the enemy is still scheming, right? Jesus says, though, he's come to destroy the works of the evil one. That's where the peace comes from. And glory in the highest, what is more glorious than Jesus? The perfect image, the perfect visible image that we can see of the invisible God, right? That's the glory. That's the peace that we're talking about. Everything he does is glorious. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Jesus, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I love it. That's so strange. <laughs> this is really like what we believe, you know? It's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> All right, so, so this is the Pharisees and the religious leaders criticizing the worship that's being given to Jesus. And this is actually a really common theme in scriptures. The criticism of those who, who would worship, right? King David dances extravagantly for the Lord in apparently the wrong clothing, right? And he gets criticized for it. And his response, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I will become even more undignified than this, <laughs> right? I will worship the Lord my God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Criticism isn't going to stop me, right? A, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Bill um, uh, delivered the message on um, the woman who washed Jesus's feet with her tears and her hair and expensive perfume, right? What did, what did she get? Criticism from the people that were there, from some of Jesus's closest disciples, criticizing her, right? And what is Jesus's response? Whoever has been forgiven much loves much, right? Like this is totally appropriate. This is what real love and real praise and real worship looks like. And everywhere where the gospel is spread, people are going to be talking about this woman right here doing this thing, right? And once again, Jesus is dealing with people that are criticizing, you know, I, I thank God it was the disciples that, that started this, that put the cloaks on, that started the shouting, and the, it seems like they learned their lesson, right, from, from, the, from the woman. It seemed like now they're on board with extravagant praise. Okay, I'll do it. I learned. And <laughs> Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they, if they don't, this is going to become like Wizard of Oz or something in here. Like crows are going to start singing and trees are going to start, you know, everything's just going to go crazy. Um, what's cool is this is not an isolated thing. Creation talking. <laughs> Romans 8 says, for the, creation, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, 
not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage and decay and brought into the same freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Creation is grown, it's loud. It's waiting for the king that's riding on the donkey. I love it. Creation itself praises and glorifies God because that's what it was created to do, right? We, as the people of God, praise and glorify God. Why? It's because it's what we were created to do, right? It's natural. It's good. It's right. It's fitting. It's not weird, Pharisees. You know, it's, it's not strange. It's, keep it up. Jesus is saying, I'm supposed to be worshiped. It's not wrong. There's actually a common argument from Islam, from Muslims, um, that want to create confusion in Christianity. They'll say, Jesus never said he was God. Jesus never accepted worship. This right here, one very clear example. Very clear. It is totally right for them to be singing these psalms to me. Earlier in Luke, Jesus quotes the Old Testament. He says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And here he is accepting worship and giving orders, expecting them to be served because the Lord has need of things. Right? What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that right there? That leaves us two options, right? You can either like denounce him, deny him, right? Try to ignore him. Or we take off the coat, put it on the ground, right? And start shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is the king. Peace. Glory in the highest. This is the ultimate end to every creation is you're either going to deny and denounce him, dismiss him, or you're going to say these words. You're going to worship this king. You're going to worship this Messiah. And we see this is what's going on in heaven, guys. Revelation 5, a 100 million angels, 10,000 times 10,000 angels are saying in a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and praise. Everything we have. Everything we have. If I have a palm branch, that should be given to the Lord. If I have a little money, that should be given to the Lord. If I have a vehicle, that should be given to the Lord. If I have a moment, if I have a morning, that should be given to the Lord. If I have a job, that should be given to the Lord. If I have an opportunity to talk to somebody, that should be given to the Lord. And then in our last part of the story today, Jesus is riding on the donkey amidst all of this shouting and celebration. It's a time for rejoicing, but it's also a time for weeping. Our next verse says, as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day 
what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus is weeping for the people who missed it, the people who see the crowd but are not joining in, the people that are like, ah, I'm just going to wait for the next Messiah. I'm going to wait for the next guy. I don't... I can't get on board with everything Jesus is saying. I'm not sure. The days will come when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. For some people, this is a time of rejoicing and celebration. And there should be nothing that holds us back from that, right? This is not for everybody. There are those who rejected the king and who are headed towards destruction and the Lord weeps. And that's the heart of God. That is the heart of God. God is not callously pushing people to the side, right? He's not standing with his arms crossed, hands on hips, nothing. He weeps for everybody that's behind the crowd. Jesus prophesies that they would receive destruction, and they do, 70 years later, 40 years later. The Roman army comes in and destroys the temple and doesn't leave a single stone standing on another. People are carried away from their homeland. Um, In all of Jesus' teachings, there's this window of opportunity where people are given to either accept the king or reject him. And the truth is, each one of us are in that moment right now. Like this right now is that moment of opportunity. Today, we can make a decision to hail Jesus as the king, to decide on Jesus. That's the one. That's the Messiah. That's the Lord. We can say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to receive his new life. I'm I'm going to renounce all other idols, all other gods. He's my Lord. And if you've got breath in your lungs, it is not too late for you. Everybody just take a breath. That's what grace feels like right there. That's grace. That's grace. That's our window of opportunity. That's our moment. And it feels good. It's good. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not over. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not over. It's not too late. So come shout with us. Come sing with us. That's the invitation. (laughs) That's what saying yes to Jesus looks like. It's good. (laughs) It's a celebration. It's a party. It's a wedding. We can join all the earth as it praises the Lord. We can join in the heavens as it declares his faithfulness. Let's stand up together. (laughs) We can shout this with us. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Let's we're gonna sing one more song here. Let's let's blow the roof off for the Lord here.
Change break down. 